Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's time once again for another episode of WVU Marketing Communications Today. Brought to you by the good folks at West Virginia University's Marketing Communications Program, where they talk about Marcom strategies that will help you inform, persuade, and inspire your audience. Cindy Greenglass, you look like you're in the middle of an old South Magnolia tree backyard. I've discovered the custom virtual backgrounds, <laughs> <Is that> as, <laughs> as have you. And I've decided, in since I'm in a COVID quarantine and living in a bit of a bunker in Chicago, I thought I could put a bunker bu- as my background, <laughs> or I could pretend I'm someplace far more yes. wonderful. So I, I'm being aspirational and wishing I was in Georgia or someplace. You, you look like pleasant. you should be sipping a mint julep under that big tree behind you there. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Paul. It's a beautiful day in Chicago. The sun is shining. Lovely to see you and and chat with you again. Well, today's topic is one that perked my ears up. I'm going to sit back and have a cocktail and listen to this one, maybe a little early in the morning for a cocktail. But I am so excited about the title of today's show, How Podcasting Took Me from Marketer to CEO. Somebody did this? There's hope? Podcasting has a a potential here? You're going to be rich and famous, Paul. Yeah, right. You know, podcasts have become hugely popular and extremely valuable for marketers. And we are very fortunate to have with us Lindsay, who is a CEO and co-founder of a company called Casted, Lindsay Chepkema, the first and only marketing platform built around branded podcasts. This is a little intimidating, being that we're hosting a podcast. I'm sure afterwards, Lindsay will have tons of recommendations Yes, we're going to be on our toes today here. We will. Uh, With more than 15 years of experience in B2B marketing, including running her own consultancy agency, she's really a dynamic leader who's had tremendous success building and growing marketing teams on a global level and a local level. After launching a branded podcast for a global marketing company, she realized that her passion was for authentic conversations. And this led her to founding Casted, which helps marketers unlock the full potential of content, harnessing both content and the power of podcasting. And since then, the company has gained rapid traction amongst brands that wish to create greater connection with their audiences through authentic conversation. And this is exactly what we're doing here with West Virginia University and and has been our journey, Paul, with you for the last three years in developing this series. Today, Casted can manage, activate, and measure podcasts from end to end, increase sales and alignment, and quantify the value and metrics that matter. And you know how much data matters to me. The KPIs behind it are always important for me. Welcome, Lindsay, to our podcast today. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for that intro. I am so excited to be here. I'm a proud WVU IMC Master's Program alum. This is super exciting for me. It's a podcast about podcasting with WVU, so I'm very happy to be here. The stars are aligned, isn't it? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) That is right. When um, WVU shared with me that you had accepted the invitation for today. So thank you very much. Did I pronounce your name correctly, your last name? You did. I am very impressed. Yes, Lindsay Chepkova. That, that is 
spot on. Excellent. Well, Lindsay, let's dive right in. I, I want to ask you, let's just start with something really interesting that it, it, not so much in the podcast realm, but I'd like to start by saying, how has being a marketer and an IMC alum um, served you in your new role now, moving from a marketing lead to a CEO and founder of a company? I think a lot of us aspire to owning our own business or, or making that move. So my background in marketing, you know, 15 years as a marketer, and I've had broad experience. This is the advice that I give to every every student, every intern, every person who's early in their career in, in marketing is to get as much broad experience as you possibly can so that you're specializing too quickly. And the IMC program, I mean, integrated marketing communications is just that and really took that broad firsthand experience that I had received on the job over at that point, you know, 10 years or so, and gave me that much more depth and academic depth to that broad base of experience that I'd received. So coming from leading marketing teams, specifically more on the brand and content side, building a business that is founded in marketing and is in something that I'm extremely passionate about being in, in marketing, specifically content marketing and podcasting, because I still have that breadth and depth of experience that I gained from the IMC program and from, from years in marketing. And now I'm applying it to head of the business and, and learning. That's another thing from the IMC program is constant learning, constant learning, no matter where you are in your career. And that's what you do when you, you make a leap like this. Yeah been very helpful. <laughs> That's great. You I understand that you recently received or raised uh, $2.5 million of seed money in a mm-hmm. round of funding. Uh, what's that process like in raising venture capital? I understand yeah. that, that this kind of an intense, intimidating group. <laughs> okay, so going back to your last question, I think this is one area that a background in marketing served me and, and continues to because I'm, I'm certainly not done. So it served me well is that you know, you're constantly the face of the company. You're presenting the company. You are quite literally going out and saying, hey, you should invest in what we're doing. You should believe in what we're doing just as much as I do. And as both a leader with a marketing background, understanding the importance of telling the story, storytelling. I mean, that's it's a big part of the IMC program. Storytelling, brand from a very, very early stage. Yes, it's about product. Yes, it's about customers. Yes, it's about all these things. But the common thread of all of that is the story that the brand tells each and every minute. And so, yeah, it it absolutely is. It's very intense. It's very rapid fire. And it's a constant, again, learning. So you go out and you pitch, you take away what you you can, and you you improve at the next pitch, which might even be later that afternoon. I think in raising the seed round, I spoke to nearly 100 different pitches. And you learn and you grow, and you evolve pitch and essentially the brand that you're representing along the way. So I think that marketers have an advantage in, in that aspect. Based on that, that's a great segue into how marketers are very compelling in our conversations and in our pitch. So let me jump into podcasting, the topic of today. With your experience and your point of view, would you help us understand where do you see podcasts fitting into a brand's overall marketing strategy, B2B or B2C? Very interested in hearing your point of view. Absolutely. Where it should be is not always in every company where it currently is. You know, there's, we're at the beginning of a wave and I really think the next generation of what content marketing 
looks like. And so I think really the next generation is saying, okay, go have a great conversation, like what we're doing today. You know, we're having this authentic conversation. Capture that conversation, record it. Yes, turn it into a show, turn it into a podcast. If you have video, turn it into a video episode, share it, right? But that's one. How can you leverage that conversation? How can you harness that, the voice of that expert, the perspective of that individual who knows that subject matter better than anybody else and, and harness it and, and use it across multiple other marketing channels? How can you, tactically speaking, not stop at publishing a podcast, right? So publish that podcast and then how can you pull other content from it? How can you get into it and pull blog posts and social media content and email content and keynote and breakout session content from the lips of those experts. And so that's where we see the shift going. That's certainly what Casted exists to do is to say, you know, put those conversations at the center of your brand strategy. Really some of the most innovative companies are already beginning to do that by really building out their content realm for their brand around those conversations. So just so I understand that we're doing a podcast like we do today and it's audio only. And out of this conversation, we've developed content and that content will go on my website, WVU puts on their website, we social share it with the link, it goes into an archive. Beyond that, what other techniques or ways can you leverage audio content? I'm glad you asked. This is absolutely where Casted exists. This is what happens in the platform, but it's an approach, it's a methodology. What you just explained is, is step one, right? So create a show, publish it, share that show. But what if you perhaps had a transcript of that episode that was easily available not only to to you as the host, but also to other members of the team? I'm I'm sure that a university is a great example of this because there are lots of different departments (laughs) that could all benefit from accessing that content. Let's say you have this transcript and what if the copywriters could get into it and say, okay, that's an opportunity for a blog post. And, you know, down here a little bit later, that's another opportunity for a blog post and really pull that out, expand upon it in written content, right? So that's one opportunity. Now you have audio content, you have some written content. Then let's say the social media team gets into it and says, I want to pull some clips from that. And I want to use those clips on social media to create some audiograms and share little bits and pieces of that conversation on the social platform so that people will not only listen and engage there, but click through and then hopefully consume the rest of my episode or more of the related content. How can you take excerpts from this conversation and use it in email to make those emails more compelling and more interesting? How can you use it on your web pages to embed parts of this conversation into another experience that someone might have on your website where you own your audience? So it really is t- taking this conversation and laying out all the different channels that you're already using and saying, what would I need to do to use, to harness this conversation across other channels? What can I do to make that happen? It sounds to me like this brings together functional individuals throughout the marketing organization to come together for a strategy here, right? This would be part of a a formal content strategy and you'd have your social media team and you'd have even your brand and your awareness and and everybody sits down and Mm -hmm. says, how does that content flow across all these different channels so that it's one voice, Mm -hmm. one message? Yeah. And I think, I mean, there's lots of different ways to do that. That is one way, one beautifully orchestrated way. There's there's also the much faster moving um, version of that when there's not always the luxury of being able to say, okay, let's get everybody together and plan out how we're going to do this. 
So I work in SaaS and software as a service and tech where, where things are moving very quickly all the time. And so what often happens specifically with our customers using the casted platform is saying, okay, so you and I have this, literally, quite literally, you and I have this conversation and you as the host say, okay, I'm done. I'm the host. I'm going to move on to the next thing. But then another team comes in behind you and yes, produces the show and publishes it. And then they move on. But Casted still exists and other individuals and other teams have access to the platform and can log in and say, okay, I'm the social media team. I'm going to go in and access that content. I'm going to search for topical content that is within the realm of what I want to talk about today. And I'm going to go in and quite easily highlight part of the conversation that I want to uh, pull and pull a clip and share that clip on social media. And over and over and over, the email marketing team can do the same thing and access that content the blog team can get in and access that content in a way that doesn't require the formality of meeting and, and strategizing because the process is there and the access is there to be able to amplify that content independently of formal strategy. So yes, absolutely both work, but are not necessary. Great. Well, thank you, Lindsay. We're having a great conversation. And I'm going to uh, hold for a moment for Paul to come back and tell us a little more about WVU. When we come back, think about this question for me, Lindsay. Why should marketers all have podcasts as an important part of their content strategy? And I'll mm-hmm. hand it over to Paul. Wow. Well, as we think of that, let's think about uh, two other things here while they're pondering their answers to that uh, that powerful question. Two things we want to point out that WVU's Integrate Conference has moved online, like so many things. You can still participate this year with marketing communications experts from a variety of industries who are exploring how and what to say during this unprecedented time. View the schedule and tune into the live virtual sessions at integrate.wvu.edu. That's integrate.wvu.edu. Edu and don't miss this year's WVU Integrate Conference online. And of course, we always point out that West Virginia University's new Digital Marketing Communications Master's Degree program is fully online as well and can be completed in one year. With built-in certifications from platforms like Google and Facebook, the program gives you both the strategy and skills you need to reach audiences on existing and emerging media like podcasts that we're talking about today. You can learn more at marketingcommunications.wvu.edu. That's marketingcommunications, plural, dot wvu dot edu. Okay, and before we uh, hop back in, I just wanted to hear from your guest, when did you get into podcasting, and what is the state of podcasting today among marketers? Is it still on the radar? Because I look at a lot of projections, and I hear a lot of people interested, but I still don't see budgets being set aside for podcasts. What, do, what are you experiencing out there before you launch into the power of podcasting? Probably a pretty good segue, actually. Yeah, I started listening to podcasts 2014, 2015, maybe, somewhere around there. We launched, I launched our first one at the company that I was working for at the time and started working on it in 2017. I think we launched in 2018, pretty recently, all things considered. And as far as where we're at, we are at the beginning of quite a large wave. I, the way I see it, podcasting is like blogging in that companies, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. 
the most forward-thinking companies today are already harnessing it. Many companies have had a podcast for five to ten years now at this point, while many, many others are still getting started and understanding where they fit into the process, right? To your point, budgeting, there is quite a range of perspectives there, but that mentality is shifting. We see companies that are building out studios that have entire, like an actual headcount dedicated solely to podcasting. We have customers that have not a podcast, but an entire network of podcasts. They are the ones that are really pioneering the actual investment of time, money, energy, people, expertise at all levels from creating somebody who manages the show all the way to dedicating C-level time to host and be a part of that content. And other companies are seeing the results of that and following suit. So I think that we're just getting started in many ways. Well, Paul is smiling here. I can see Paul. And, and if you could see him, he's smiling there since we have made this investment with him and the studio and everything. Mm-hmm. And it's great having a professional. It makes all the difference in the world working does, with a professional. So kudos to you both. So let me ask you this question again for our audience. Why do you believe that podcasts should have a part in the content strategy and plans of every marketer? Think of it this way. How many of us, if we were all in a big, remember back in the day when we could all be in the same room, imagine we're all in a big room and, and it's, and you know, I'm up on stage and there's thousands of us there. I'd ask you to raise your hand if you or your company have a blog. I think that basically, I think it'd be harder to find somebody that didn't, right? We all have blogs, right? We all see the value of blogging. That's a big part of the, the WVU IMC curriculum is, is blogging and written content. We have a blog. I, blogs are very, very powerful. That said, there are more than 600 million blogs today, 600 million. Yet all of us as brands and as brand marketers are no longer debating the value of blogging. It's just a matter of creating great content that has value and serves the brand and, and serves the customer and serves the audience, right? Compare that, 600 million blogs. There are about 1 million podcasts, 600 million blogs, 1 million podcasts. So if you think about that, there is still a huge, a massive opportunity to own your space, to get out there and be the best, the first, the podcast, the audio content that your audience turns to for the topic that you're covering. Not that sense. It has to be good content. And that's a whole other podcast is how do you create a podcast that your, that your, your audience wants to listen to. But if you're committed to creating great content and harnessing the voices of experts, you still have a window of opportunity to be richly rewarded by owning that space. Now, that's, that's reason number one as far as you can, it's really tactical and you wrap your arms around it. The other one is what we're doing right here. We're having an authentic conversation. Those that are listening could be doing anything else. Might be driving, might be mowing the lawn, might be, you know, doing the dishes or, or eating lunch. Podcasting and audio content in general offers the opportunity to connect with your audience while they're doing lots of other things. It's a much more convenient medium and it's a much more intimate and, and relational medium in that People are listening to my voice. They're listening to us connect, which therefore makes them feel connected to us and to you know our brands. And that's really, really powerful that your blog, yes, creates a connection, but it's not the same. It's not as human as actually listening in on a conversation. There's, there's massive opportunity for brands to not only own the space and be that trusted guy, that trusted voice, quite literally, in the space, and also to, to really build relationships on a human-to-human level, but kind of in mass. That's great. Going back to the virtual environment that we live in today. So I was a huge podcast listener. I had a two-hour commute for work 
listen to podcasts on my way to work, on my way home every day. Great way to consume content, especially sitting in rush hour in, in Chicago. I don't commute anymore now. Now I'm on my computer and, and I'm on Zooms and I'm on these meetings far more than I used to be. And I don't get my drive time. Do we find that that has had an impact? The whole kind of COVID and virtual has had an impact on podcast consumption at all? Impact, yes. Negatively, no. Has it changed the way that we, we consume content? Of course. I mean, I, I had a one-hour commute each way as well. That's where I listened to a lot of my audiobooks and a lot of my podcast content. But what I found personally, just being for myself, was that there was a gap in time where that audio consumption wasn't happening, and then I realized I missed it, and so I found time for it in another part of my day. For myself, I listen while I'm getting ready in the morning, and when I'm doing that part of those pieces of work during my day where I love, where I can focus a little bit less on what I'm doing, you know, it's where I'm more tactical and listen in on content. So that's for me. And then to back that up, that's what we've been hearing from a lot of our own customers and their audiences, as well as some of the data that we're seeing, is that people really want this type of content. They want to consume content in this way. So they're finding time for it in other parts of their day. We're seeing also podcasts getting a little bit shorter quite often. Pre-COVID, they were much more 30 to 45 minutes in general. I mean, right, This, there are many podcasts that are much shorter and many that are much longer. But on average, we podcast, it's 30 to 45 minutes. And we're seeing now much shorter, so anywhere from like 5 to 15 minutes, definitely not all the time, but quite often, so that people can consume them during those shorter bits, pockets of time throughout the day. So yeah, impact, yes. Negatively, no. And can I just pipe in and add one other thing that we've seen here locally with our network of podcasts? As driving habits change, because that was a big thing, walking has gone up, so more people listening to things. Walking, as you said, they found other spaces and places that they can't read, they can't watch, but they still want to be productive. The one thing that I don't think we've really analyzed enough of is the growth of smart speakers at home, the Alexas of the world. And those, as podcasts become available on that, more and more people are vacuuming and listening to podcasts or there's, there's that whole world. Vacuuming and in. listening to podcasts. Yeah, we actually had somebody say. <laughs> we actually had somebody Noise say. Yeah, they said that a woman was on one of our shows. She said, thank God for podcasting. It's gotten my husband to finally embrace vacuuming and things like that because he can listen to something while he's doing it. <laughs> well, and you think about it, is in this age of social separation, that does not change our need as humans to feel connected to other people, right? I'm here. I'm very, very grateful to be in, in my home. I have three kids and my husband, and we're all healthy but I still really need to feel connected to the outside world. And like you said, I have less time than ever to sit down and like read, read a lot, to read in the same velocity that could compensate for the audio consumption that I was having on my commutes, right? So I'm finding pockets of time to listen while I'm doing something else. Well, and I also so think that what's happened is that since we're home alone, it's like we're hungry. Tell me, talk to me, tell me a story. And I think that right. that's seen, that's we've seen pod, uh, not just our anecdotal evidence, but the overall evidence is podcasting listenership, like all these live streaming things, Netflix and stuff. People are binging and consuming stuff because they're stuck at home. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So the opportunity is there. Brands, hop on it. Well, I can say I've been moderating our podcast for WVU now for this is year three, and have and we have multiple moderators. You know, we have so much interest in our podcast that I don't get to do it as often as as I used to, and I enjoy it so much. 
And there's a wide variety of guests that we have had on the show in our podcast. I'm going to ask you maybe a politically incorrect question. You are a fabulous guest. Obviously, you're a professional <laughs> podcast um, expert here. What makes a good guest and how do we choose a good guest? And, and all that in a minute or less here. <laughs> well, I go back to something that I say all the time, and that is, as you are creating any content, you should always be asking yourself, who is it for and why are we doing it? So as you choose guests, remember who your audience is, who you want to be listening and consuming your content, and who do they want to hear from? So it's less about who do I want to have on the show, who's willing to be on the show, and who's going to do what I want them to do. Really, really, really be in tune with who your audience is and what what they want, what's going to make them feel engaged. And that's the basis of a strong podcast. She did it in under a minute. There we go. What a pro. Lindsay, it's been a real pleasure having you join us today. And um, also, thank you for all your insights. Great hearing from a fellow alum of WVU, the IMC program, and we hope that you and all of our listeners will have a wonderful rest of your day. Paul, you do as well, and I'll send it back to you. You've been listening to WVU Marketing Communications Today, brought to you live from West Virginia University, a weekly program that sits at the intersection of data-driven decision-making and marketing practice, only on the Funnel Radio Network. Bratwork listeners like you.